Welcome to the Executive Central Podcast. I'm Phil Dobby. And today, selling how everyone can do it successfully and should do it. Even if you're not on the front line, you can still help your company to sell stuff. Find out how and why today on the Executive Central Podcast. So in your company, you've got a sales team. Are they the only people selling in your business? That's a bit limiting, isn't it? What if everyone had a bit of sales in them? What if everyone was helping to create new business? Well, Rob Barmer, Managing Director at Executive Central, reckons that's the way smart companies work. But Rob, everyone doing a bit of selling? I'm not sure everyone would want to be a salesperson, would they? Because they think of that snake oil salesman selling stuff that people don't want, uh, stuff that probably doesn't work. Uh, and I'm looking at the uh, at an Ipsos poll from 2017. Uh, this is from the UK. Uh, I'm sure it's pretty similar in Australia. The most trusted professions, nurses and doctors, right at the top of the list, around 91 to 94%. Least trusted are politicians, of course, uh, on 17%. Now, it doesn't identify salespeople specifically, but estate agents, uh, which is a job that's largely about sales, they're fifth from the bottom, uh, just above journalists, <laughs> funnily enough. So nurses, teachers, scientists, the police, we like them. Salespeople, not so much. Yeah, it's, isn't it, it's really interesting, isn't it, Phil? It's, it's, uh, we, we'll often kick off uh, workshops that we're, we're doing with with organisations, um, whether it's with specifically salespeople themselves or or people in organisations that, you know, need to be more effective at, say, influencing. And in my world, influencing is actually selling. You know, that's you, you, mm. when you're influencing, you're trying to actually convince someone of your idea or your position. That's that's a form of selling. Yeah. But when we kick off our workshops, you know, I often start with this word association exercise. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll literally say, right, right. The first three words that come down in your uh, come come out uh, in your mind when I put up the word salesman, right? And you can imagine the responses are probably ninety five percent negative. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, and, and the word it's things like well, sleazy, slick, pressure, you know, pitching. Um, you know, fast talking, slick suit, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, and yet we all do it. I mean, if you've got kids, for example, how often have you had to sell the idea of, you know, you're going to go out somewhere and the kids don't want to do it? Uh, I mean, you're, you're in full sales mode then, uh, describing to them what a great day they're going to have. Uh, and we don't see that as selling, but that is precisely selling, isn't well, it? Well, yeah, and I, it is. And, and I think if you, if you try and think about why is it we have these negative perceptions of, the sales, of, of a salesperson, um, I suppose some of it may come from actual experience that we have. You know, you might have had mm. a bad experience being ripped, you know, off. Being ripped off yeah. or, or, you know, when you last bought a TV or a car or whatever it was. I actually think probably the, the most of them, um, most of the perceptions kind of come from beliefs that people have about selling and what it is um, that are probably inaccurate. You know, so you think about things like uh, people say, oh, he's a born salesman. Well, well why? Mm. You know, you sort of think, what is it about that person that makes someone say that? And it's often that they're a fast talker or they could, you know, talk under wet cement, like they say, um, or they've got yeah. the gift of the gab. So it always tends to be. And then, then you have those, you know, sayings like, oh, he could sell ice to Eskimos, um, you know, which kind of yeah. implies he can do things or he or she could do things um, that it can clearly sell someone something that they obviously don't need. But 
My view is mm. that in, in sort of certainly organisational life, whether it's actually selling to external clients or internal stakeholders that we need to influence, when you actually analyse uh, what that's really about or what it should be about, it's much more about meeting a need or solving a problem that that client or stakeholder has. So let's say I'm working with a group of lawyers, right? Um, and I don't know where they sit on your, your trusted list of, uh, of professions, Phil. Is, do, that, do lawyers make an appearance? Yeah, they do, 54%. So uh, nurses at 94%, uh, lawyers at 54%, as opposed to politicians at there 72%. There you go. Okay, so, so there we go. We're talking, we're talking middle of the range then. But when you actually analyse, uh, forget the selling part for a moment, when you analyse what a lawyer needs to do to actually be able to do their job as a lawyer – they would normally sit down with their client. They would uh, discuss the situation that the client has. So tell me about what's going on, you know, whatever the, whatever the legal situation is. Get as many facts as they can. Then they'll go away and they'll actually come up with a legal solution or a legal proposal for how they think we should handle that situation. They'll then tell the client about that and see if the client actually is comfortable with that or would like it adjusted or whatever. Now, that sounds fair, doesn't it? That's kind of the way it mm-hmm. would roll, and that, that would yep. be considered just a lawyer doing their job as a lawyer. Well, I would say to people, uh, I would say to those lawyers in this case, you're actually doing 95% of what a professional consultative salesperson actually does. That's, that's mm-hmm. exactly what a, sales, a, a professional consultative salesperson does, acknowledging that there are different types. But the sort of selling that I'm talking about is, as I say, professional consultative salesperson is someone that does exactly the same thing. They sit down and talk to the, to the client, understand what's going on on the client's side of the fence, and then goes away to see if, if there are some things that we could do that might solve that issue or meet that need. Right. So now, then that is the consultative selling process then really that you're talking about, isn't it? So I'm, so I'm interested in how, because you have salespeople who do that in, in, in most companies, particularly B2B companies. I'm interested in uh, how you get the rest of the organization involved in that process as well, because uh, I, I thought salespeople were in it. Basically, they're in it for the money. They're in it for the prestige, bit of ego. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're off on their own. They want to take all the praise. They're a little bit cavalier. Uh, I, do they want other people to be involved? Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just leave that com- some of those comments to one side. <laughs> Phil, having, having been in the sales world myself, I feel the... Well, have I just described My immediate you? need is to defend <laughs> my fellow sales colleagues and say, but no, look. <laughs> I mean, I'm only no, half, I'm only right. half, I'm joking, uh, but I'm only, I'm only half joking though. I mean, there isn't, you know, to be a salesperson, you've got to have a bit oh. of an ego, I guess, and a bit of, a bit of, a bit of drive. And so involving the, the whole of the organization, I'm just interested in how you get that. Well, uh, it's, it's, look, it's probably um, <clears throat> maybe a, a side comment and maybe a discussion for another podcast, Phil, would be um, if, if we actually looked at some of the attributes that, people see as negative in salespeople is when salespeople do behave like lone wolves and try and do it all Mm. themselves and you know they're seen as cowboys that are doing their own thing and running their own race that that actually you know is part of what contributes to some of the negativity towards salespeople but i'll I'll tell you one thing the biggest problem for for most salespeople is actually having enough leads right People, mm. the thing that salespeople hate more than anything else is the need to go and get their own leads. Now, whether that's through cold calling, which is the absolute bane of a salesperson's existence, which is, you know, trying to, 
And I, by the way, believe it's something that you should never have to do, uh, cold calling. Mm. Um, there's a difference between a cold call and an initial call that's well-researched, but that's a separate se- separate matter. But the, the real thing that salespeople need is like fuel for the sales engine, right? Um, and that's the part where I believe the rest of the organization can actually play a really important role. So, so what we need to be able to initiate a new sales opportunity with external clients is, if you like, one of these seeds that, that might be the, the start of a new opportunity. Now, for example, um, uh, I, I'm doing work with a, a very, very, um, you know, innovative organisation here in Brisbane, in Australia at the moment. They're in um, the uh, big data, the world of big data and big data analysis. Um, very innovative yeah. stuff. So a lot of information technology. When they win business, there's a whole bunch of people in the organisation that are actually interacting with the client at different levels. You know, they're, they're out there working with them. They're helping them install the, the software platforms that have been sold, et cetera, et cetera. There are people from the accounts department that are interacting with their accounts team. There are marketing people that are looking for client um, you know, testimonials from the client. So there's, if you actually analyse how many spots we're touching those clients, um, there's often quite a lot. And it's, mm. it's those little interactions that are like moments of truth where if we have everyone switched on to the fact that they've got a role to play in the sales process, you start to get to, they start to see needs that the client might mm. not have even thought of yet. You know, so if, if I'm out there working on site, helping a, a client, you know, Im- implement one of the software systems, if I just look a little bit to the left and I look a little bit to the right, I start noticing all of these things that are going on that we could probably help with, right? Now, no one is asking that person to have to do the whole sale themselves, but wouldn't it be great if that person was able to say, look, I noticed you guys have got four people working on that process over there. That, that must be a bit of a pain. What's, tell me a bit more about that. Yeah. And they go, oh, it's dreadful, blah, 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 and they start enunciating this real problem, um, and then it, then it would be great to just go, you know, that might be something that's worth having a chat about at some stage because we, we help people with that all yeah. the time. And, and so just building on the sale that you've got from existing clients, but also, yeah. I mean, I imagine, you know, no, no company works alone, does it? Companies have partnerships and suppliers, uh, and so, you know, maybe there's opportunities that exist there that you can uh, you, you can find out about from the, having those conversations with, as you say, different people at different levels within the organisation. Spot on. So, so I uh, yeah, the, the overarching statement that I would like people to maybe remember out of this is that in a world of of selling, 95% of all sales opportunities are missed because they never started in the first place, Mm. right? 95%. And now I have no actual statistics to back that up. That's my practical experience talking. But I tell you, we don't even get a sniff. We don't even get a ticket to the dance of the things that end up being sales opportunities because we didn't even start the opportunity in the first place. So what 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 do you do then? How do yeah. you kick off that that whole thing? Well, I mean, we are running a bit short of time, but if you were to say, well, okay, we need to engender this culture now where we are looking at uh, every contact we make with an organisation to try and uh, develop those leads that can be passed on to the salespeople. How, how do you engender that shift in attitude in the company? So, as you start, I guess, as you said, by making sure that you uh, – change the perception of what a salesperson does. Yeah, that's exactly where you start. What we, what we need to help people understand who are not in the sales uh, profession, and by the way, some salespeople can do with a good reminder about this, is what actually is the professional consultative sales process? What does that look like? And therefore help them see what part they can play in it. 
And usually for the non-sales uh, folk that we're talking to, it, their primary role is in the identification of opportunities. And, and in giving them, and the work we do with our clients is giving them a, a no pressure, you know, way that they can genuinely inquire about that with a client to see whether that might be an area of need. And then if the answer is yes, then that's where we suggest that's where you can p- perhaps plug your sales force in a little bit or bring, you know, bring them in for at least an initial conversation um, to, to explore that need a little bit further. Um, I think the thing that people feel uncomfortable doing about is, is asking about problems that they aren't the expert themselves in, right? So, yeah. gee, I, you know, if I'm a lawyer and I'm doing work with people on litigation, but I can see they've got a whole lot of needs in, in uh, you know, uh, uh, mergers and acquisitions, but I'm not the mergers and acquisitions person. So, God, I feel uncomfortable even raising that. We don't want you to be telling them what the solution is or solving the problem for them. We just want you identifying, is that a problem? Is that a need for you? And if the answer is yes, hey, it's probably worthwhile us having another conversation and I can bring in my partner who's, you know, who's the expert in that space just to see if this might be worth your while solving. So Uh, so it just takes the pressure out of it. Right. I can, I can see the benefits of doing it. I just see it as being quite a big ask to try and uh, change a culture so that people are doing that uh, on, an, on, an ongoing, going, on an ongoing basis. Now, salespeople uh, obviously very often are incentivized with money. They get, you know, extra commissions or mm-hmm. bonuses based on the sales they make. Yeah. Do you ruin the whole process if you say, well, okay, if you can help originate extra business from your contacts, you too will get some sort of reward or bonus. Yeah. Does that uh, is is that what's needed? Uh, can you do it without that, or does that water it down a little bit? Oh, there are all sorts of ways that you can incent that sort of behaviour, Phil. One of them is financial. Um, there are organisations that you know will pay people a lead percentage. You know, if you've come up with a lead that turns out to being business, we'll give you a small percentage of of the overall value of that of that job, or you know, it might be a fixed fee lead. So there are ways you can do it financially. And I'll tell you what, the organizations that do that are the ones that know how expensive client acquisition actually is. Uh, you know, yeah. It costs a lot of money through marketing to try and generate leads and things like that. If you can get one directly from your staff who are out there on the front line, that's a whole lot cheaper than the other way. So that's, that's one way. But, you know, I always say if you want to recognize people for the sort of behavior that you're after, make it public. You know, recognize them publicly, make it make it obvious, not just a little backhanded thank you. It's, you know, show other people the sort of behavior that you want and and recognize them publicly for that. Um, And that starts to show everyone else. Oh, that's what they want. That's the behavior that I could do that over in this client myself. Gee, And it just sort of shows the uh, it reinforces from a cultural perspective that that's the behavior we we really want to want to have. But I do say, Phil. This does does usually require a little bit of skill building in people. So I don't want to be, you know, just saying, oh, anyone can do this tomorrow, you know, and that's kind of why we we do the workshops and the the thing that we do is is just showing people that you've already got some skills and if we just hone them, you can do this very effectively. So on an ongoing basis, and maybe it's different when you're kicking it off and you are requiring that training and coaching, but on an ongoing basis – who who manages something like this? Is it uh, is it divisional heads? Is it something that HR looks after? Is it the is it part of the sales team? Is it is it marketing or is it something that uh, is part of the a function of the leadership team? Where where in the organisation would administering something like this sit? Well, I think the responsibility for it, Phil, sits right at the top of the organisation, C- CEO and leadership teams, right? 
And the reason I say that is, you know, too often sales as a, as a topic is pushed down to the, oh, that's the sales department's job. And any development in the area of sales gets flicked off to HR to just sort out some sort of training there. Yeah, what we're really talking about here, sales is not a separate thing. It is inextricably linked to the the overall you know, business. So I always say... Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's where the business talking, comes from. Right? It's the lifeblood of the business in reality. <clears throat> Absolutely. Nothing happens till somebody sells something, as mm. they say. But the way we talk to executives is we sort of say there's a, there's a bit of a holy trinity of executive life, and it's like, you know, um, leadership, sales, and strategy are all part of the overarching how do I get unlock the full potential of my business for any executive. Um, they are a bit like God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all God. They're just different aspects of it. So leadership, sales, strategy, you might even say people, customer, organization. You know, they're all those kinds of things. You've got to cover off all those three. In our view, too often they're seen as very separate things and are handled very separately. But, you know, we can't have a conversation with an executive for too long about leadership before the conversation goes to, well, where's the business coming from? Yep. And, by the way, what are the, what are the strategies that are underpinning what we're trying to do. So taking that more holistic view to what an executive's real job is, is is what's required. So to answer your question, this sits wholly and squal- solely in the responsibility of an executive and, an, and, and executive leadership teams to be really building this, what we call client-centric culture right across the business not just having it sit in the sales department. Yeah. And look, anyone who's operated a small business, and I've worked in larger businesses and operated a small business, uh, when you're working in a small business, where does your next sale come from? It's it's very clear. The answer is from anywhere. And uh, yes. I think what you're talking about is, well, yes, the next sale could come from anywhere. In a larger organization, you need more uh, hands and eyes out there feeling their way and seeing where where anywhere is. Where is that next sale? Exactly. You just need the spark plug to fire the sales engine into into action, you know, and the spark plug can come from anywhere. The spark can come from anywhere in the organisation mm. um, if if we've all got our mind focused on, hey, I can help here. Yeah. And, th- and that can make a huge difference. Excellent stuff, Rob. Uh, we'll catch you again very soon. Thanks for that. Thanks, Phil. Talk to you soon, mate. Bye-bye. So there we are. We have just increased your sales force to 100% of your organisation. Uh, very smart thinking, isn't it? Once again, from Rob Barmer from Executive Central. And he'll be back with me. I'm Phil Dobby. We'll be back together for another edition of the Executive Central podcast very soon. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. Music.